Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series, one by one. There will be no spoilers for future episodes, but we will discuss events from previous episodes. I'm Harrison, and Jason, you're beneath me. Damn, son. (laughs) And I'm the ever-effulgent Jason. (laughs) Harrison... You jerk. What episode are we watching this week? Uh, am I the spike of the podcast? Well, I mean... No, I'm the Anya of the podcast. Yeah, you're definitely the horniest, yeah. so... Yeah. Well, Jason, I'm delighted to tell you <laughs> that we are watching Buffy Season 5, Episode 7, Fool for Love. Um, This is the one where Buffy takes a fucking stake to the gut at the beginning uh god which... so much happened in this episode i completely <laughs> forgot right, about right um and this close brush with death leads buffy to want to discover more about how the slayers before her died um and when she is unable to find that information in the watcher's diaries she goes to the only person she knows who's killed two slayers um and we get some fucking great flashbacks out of spike uh um that we'll talk about yeah fool for love was written by douglas petrie and directed by nick mark and originally aired on november 14th in the year 2000 yeah hit it motherfucker Oh, Jason, Jason, Jason. Jason, my Jason. What are we drinking today? Uh, Your husband, John, was so nice that he decided to make us margaritas. Yeah. Or, as it's pronounced the way that white people should pronounce it, margaritas. Yes. Or, as I call it, margs. Margs. (laughs) Uh, Give me a Marg Simpson. Marg. Um, Oh, homie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah this is a uh uh yeah uh i was it was funny because we uh i was gonna be like i was prepared with a cocktail i was gonna ask him to make us um maybe next time uh but he just like came in and he's like i'm making margaritas and i was like okay oh. <laughs> like he's, you're not gonna hear me complain i love a margarita <clears throat> oh excuse me um so i'm gonna do the toast because it's a buffy episode and that's how this works mm-hmm and listen, I know we lost some greats this week again with uh, Meatloaf and Louis Anderson, pour one out. But all of our toasts recently have been RIPs, and I just, and I just, and the world's been shitty, and I just want to toast to something nice. So my toast is to uh, puppies and kitties and rainbows and friends and uh chocolate and ice cream i'll toast to that yeah Mm. i know people like having the salt on the rim of their margarita glass I, i can honestly take it or leave it it actually kind of is more of a more of just like a difficulty than, than <laughs> anything else. I 
typically will go sans salt on just like a regular margarita. But if I'm getting one that's like flavored with like a sweeter like fruit flavor, I'll typically get salt to kind of cut some of the okay. the sweetness a bit. Um, there's this one time we open as we often do in the cemetery, and as we've done a couple times this season already with Buffy bantering with a vampire. Yeah, this dude is a lot to deal with. Uh, yeah, it looks like I mean. Buffy makes the comment that uh, fashion's really changed since he became a vampire. So um, I know that like it was kind of established very first episode that clothes the vampires wear are kind of out of date, but this is really out of yeah. date. This guy's like, this guy's like at least fifteen years out of date. Yeah, and it's well, it's funny because that was established in the pilot, and then really never. It's never really. The show never actually acts upon that unless it's, like, making a point yeah. like this. Um, but this uh, this vampire does make a point. Yes. he. This is, this is. I mean, it's a really, truly shocking moment if you're not prepared for it. You know, honestly, if you are. Um, he catches her arm mid-stake and flips it around on her and gets her right in the gut. Um and then we go straight to credits. And it's, I mean, it's impactful. It literally tells yeah. you, I mean, it tells you like, oh shit, this is not your mama's Buffy the Vampire yeah, Slayer. Yeah, because I mean, it really does just feel like business as usual. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Buffy's finding a vampire. She's talking throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And you're like, all right, well, what, what's going to be the twist? Well, the twist is her hand gets twisted with the stake right into her gut. Yeah. It's, um... It's a great way of, I mean, it's a great way to just get us to the story we need to get to. Um, but it's also, um, like, obviously, I if Buffy were to die on the show, I need her death to be um, more significant than just some so, random vamp. Uh, okay, okay, so um, I was actually thinking about this okay. while we were watching. So, you and I obviously both know how the show ends. Yes. Um... And, uh, I don't know if you know, but, like, actually, I think I did read to you how the comic ends as well, just because we were both curious. Um, I, I know I know how the comic ends. Okay. I guess I, either I read it at some point or, or yeah, well, you read anyway, it anyway, like, um, so, yeah, and you kind of already answered this, but, like, putting aside everything that you know about the rest of the series mm-hmm. would, like... If this had been how Buffy went, would you have been upset? Yes. Um, I think it's important to establish that, like, this could happen and it has happened to other Slayers. Um, because I think there is, um, some pathos and some, uh, good emotional depth there to, like, as Spike says, this, you know, one vampire had a good day. Mm Mm-hmm. But for this show, I um, I, I say no. Because that's not what, you know, it's like on The Wire. Did you finish The Wire? I did. Okay. Um, so Omar. You're talking about Omar. Omar's death is, it's some random kid. And that worked for me because that is what that show was about. Yeah, you that know? show was all about realism, and that is something that could realistically happen. Exactly. Um, so, like, thematically, it fit with what that show was doing. Um, I feel like, 
you know, if uh, if Breaking Bad had ended with Walter getting taken out by some rando, like, I think that could have worked. Um, they, they went a different direction that also works. But, yeah. like, Buffy, no. Like, it's yeah. not what the, the show is. The reason is. that I brought that up is because it's, like, I can think of a few instances in television, like, um... I think one of the one of the first ones that comes to mind is Tasha Yar, and mm-hmm. a lot of people like kind of forget about Tasha Yar, uh, who was the original security chief in Star Trek: The Next Generation. She was like a main character for the majority of the first season, and then just dies. Yeah, and a lot of people hate. And it is like that, a monster of the week. Yeah, a lot of people hate that, but at the same time, I didn't hate the decision. I mean, I. I do kind of hate that uh, um, Denise Crosby, who played Tasha Yar, feels like a little bad about it because um, she wasn't ha- she wasn't happy with how they were writing her and they, she like didn't want any part of it. But now she kind of like feels regrets about it. Yeah. But all that aside, um, I like the fact that they did it so that it came across as, hey, this can happen. Yeah. Like you see, so many red shirts, or in this case, gold shirts get it from a random mm-hmm. monster just to show off like oh hey this is what this monster can do um so it like it, it's shocking and mm-hmm. honestly fairly impactful if one of your main characters can get that yeah um but the it'd be like the difference would be though if that's what happened to picard yeah that'd be like well oh, fuck that so like, um are you planning on watching supernatural um maybe okay. I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it all right well i I was gonna mention like something related to this in the last episode. Oh no, I I read about. Oh, you did. Okay, I I read what happened in the final episode. So yeah. Well, yeah, like a a lot of fans were kind of angry because one of the characters, um, I'm not gonna go into details as to which, since um, you know there might be some people who Mm -hmm. want to finish Supernatural, but uh, one of the characters does die at the at the beginning of the last episode. And it's just a random monster. Oh, I did know that the character died. I didn't realize it was like well, a, yeah, a like, rando. Yeah, yeah. And then the other person like kind of deals with that and lives out their life. Um, and a lot of fans kind of hated that that original character. Like that's how like oh they've been through all this and this is what kills mm-hmm. them. I'm like, I mean. It, you find monsters, it's, man. It's and, not an unrealistic outcome. Yeah, it's like so many people complain about plot armor, but the minute that plot armor goes away, yeah. people are like, well, this is what takes them down? Yeah, no, I definitely... And, I, you know, I won't comment on the quality of how that was done on Supernatural because I didn't watch mm-hmm. the show. But, um, it, it's yeah, it's like it's not that it's unrealistic, but I also can see how that can be an unsatisfactory uh, unsatisfying uh, unsatis- yeah an unsatisfying ending for a story or for a character and that is the thing it's it's one of those things that they uh, one of the best pieces of advice I got when I was in college getting my creative writing degree was I had um, a professor tell me like um, this actually happened to me is not a good enough excuse to put something into a story just mm. because something is realistic uh, doesn't necessarily mean it's good storytelling yeah um, I guess you gotta just read the room and know the tone. Yeah. So, um, all of that is to say, Buffy does not, in fact, yeah. die. <laughs> well, we really dwelled on that for a while, yeah. No, I'm glad uh, we talked about it, yeah, I we, think we, just we, in yeah, general. We get our opening credits, and uh, yeah, Buffy, she's not in great shape, 
I think uh, I think bloody. Well, yeah, like I mean, obviously she doesn't feel great having this having it just been stabbed in the stomach. But I think there's also a lot of shock on her face, like mm-hmm. oh my god, what the hell just happened? Yeah, this guy, <laughs> and, and uh, it's like I made fun of that guy at the beginning of the season five, like I'm gonna take down the Slayer. I'm like, girl, no, you're not. <laughs> Boy, bye. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so she's, like, kind of, at this point, just trying to stagger away. She's got no quips. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, good old Riley's there to save her. Um, he uh, he he doesn't kill this vampire, but he does, like, kind of get him running away. And uh, so Riley takes her home. Yeah. Um, Buffy refuses to go to a hospital. Um, because she doesn't want to worry Joyce. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we get a, we get a wound patching scene. I like, I like that, um, I, you know, at, at first it seems like, uh, at the, at, because of this, that maybe Buffy's walking a little too much on eggshells around Joyce, but then the last Mm -hmm. scene of the show kind of reaffirms as to why that was yeah arguably the right thing for Buffy to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um Don bursts in to warn them that uh Joyce is coming. And what's she she says, sorry to interrupt your sex capades, um, but mom's coming. And I'm just like, Don Joyce would have knocked. Also, like... <laughs> also, I mean, her warning wouldn't have been that helpful because Joyce is literally right behind right her. There. I, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know what Don you were thinking. I, I know what she was thinking. She wasn't thinking. Yeah. Um, this is a great scene for Michelle Trachtenberg. Uh, also, it's her only scene in the episode. Also, uh, I think it's actually a really fun scene for Mark Blucas because yeah. he, um, like obviously when when Don comes in, he like tries to hide all the cotton swabs with uh, Buffy's like blood on it. Um, but as Joyce is talking to Buffy and Riley, he like slowly tries to carefully take one like uh, implement at a time, one first implement, one first aid implement at a time away from the nice. <laughs> from the little thing. And I thought that was pretty funny because he did it while never breaking eye contact with Joyce. <laughs> It's a military training. Man. It really it is. is. Um, they uh, Joyce notices the the rubbing alcohol though, because he's he's not completely successful in his endeavor. Well, he had to he, he had to like get a whole bunch of stuff yeah. off. Um, and Don, kind of realizing something's up, she's just like, "Oh, it's mine." Uh, some, uh, some nail polish experiments are doomed before they start, to which Joyce says, and yet you try anyway. (laughs) She tells me that this happens a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, it it does seem like they're really getting Dawn to come across as, like, ditzy. Uh, I I think they're succeeding. (laughs) It's not the worst way that Dawn's portrayed in the series, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's not the best either. Yeah. Um but she's a kid. When Joyce leaves, uh Buffy uh kind of reluctantly shows her wound. <laughs> in which 
Donko's cool. I mean, gross. gross. <laughs> um, you know that uh, in um, Jurassic Park, when um, the T-Rex is killed, it's right after the Gallimimus stampede and he's killed one of them and is eating it. Mm-hmm. And they're like about to run away, but Tim kind of stays behind and he's like, oh, look at all that blood. <laughs> and Grant, Grant has to like grab him. It was like that, that sort of uh, macabre thing that a lot of kids had. I was that I don't kid. Even th- I don't even think it's just kids. <laughs> like, I mean, you remember that episode of Parks and Rec where... Um, the only way that Anne can become friends with Ron and uh, April is by <laughs> the telling the disgusting hospital story. stories. Yes, that was <laughs> so funny. Um, I, I was definitely that kind of kid and am that kind of adult. Um, so uh, I literally... Um, <laughs> as long as it's not snakes. Yeah, that's that's where I stopped. Um, we were to, over the summer, we were at this family gathering and one of my cousins... Um, it's really gross, so, like, trigger warning for blood and shit. But, uh, not shit, but, like, anyway. Blood and stuff. Yeah, blood and stuff. Um, he got his, he was playing cornhole with some other cousins, and he, I don't know, he, like, somehow got his, uh, because he was wearing sandals, and he got his, like, he, like, hit the, accidentally, like, kicked the thing, and it, like, caught his toenail and, like, ah, yuck. ripped it off. Yeah. And he, like, went inside. There were people who were taking care of him. And someone came over and was like, oh, this just happened to, to so-and-so. And I was like, oh, no. I should go check on him and see if he is okay. I just really wanted to see. It was so gross. It was so <laughs> gross. And he was, like, throwing up. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so funny. It was nasty. <laughs> You're... You're a little wacky, you know that? <laughs> wow, that's a... This feels like a very uh, understatement. Well, I mean, I, there are other things I'd say about you, but they're not fit for the for the waves of Spotify and Apple Podcasts. By the way, rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, hit that subscribe button below. <laughs> Smash uh, that like button! <laughs> uh, so, Don agrees to uh, help Buffy out with uh, chores and such, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm surprised Don uh, agreed to this without a without a bit of a Don, quid pro quo. Don is actually pretty cool. She's in this pretty scene. chill. I wonder if like maybe it has to do with um, with like the events of No Place Like Home, and maybe even the events of Family. Mm-hmm. Um, how maybe they've gotten you know they're still obviously at odds because you know it's just the way they are, but. Uh, Maybe they're just a little bit closer. Yeah. Maybe Buffy's being a little, cutting her a little more slack. Yeah, she's definitely, um, that overprotectiveness we saw in Family um, has, seems to have chilled a mm-hmm. bit. Um, she does stroke Dawn's hair at one point, which is this a consistent through line of like whenever there's like a moment of affection, that's what Buffy does. And it's just such a nice touch. I do um, love uh, when, um, Riley says he's going to take care of the patrol. Buffy says, oh, take the gang with you. And Don says, when do I get to patrol? And Buffy says, well, when you're never. When you're never. (laughs) And Michelle Trachtenberg gives that scowl that we just, it's so good. And I don't, that glare. And it's just like, it's really been this rewatch that I've noticed it or I, I mean i've obviously noticed it before but i've really been like oh that's good that's like hey we good. told you guys that we're 
we are very pro Dawn. We are, and yeah. Especially pro Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah, she's on Gossip Girl, which I never watched. And Eurotrip, which yeah. I watched a lot. And Weeds. And Harriet the Spy. Yeah. Um, Buffy goes to Giles, as one does. I will say, the members of the cast whose names are not Buffy and Spike only get like a scene or two each. Um, and I think they're all with an except one exception. Guess who it is? Um, all utilized really well. Mm -hmm. And this scene with Giles, which is his only one in the episode. Yeah. Is wonderful. Um, yeah. Buffy is going through the you watcher all, You all know that we are just absolutely sluts for, um, <laughs> for uh, the wonderful fatherly love that Giles has for Buffy. I don't love the way you use <laughs> sluts to talk about that, but it's not inaccurate. I've been using that like vernacular for a little bit. Like Just the other day I said that I'm a slut for, for Subway breakfast sandwiches, no, no, which I'm, I am. I'm totally fine with it. It's just more of the, uh, the, the father thing. The slut father connection. Um, I'm not a father, but if I were, I would be a slut father. Um, not a father to a slut, like a father who is a slut. Anyway, Tell me about those hot dads. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, they are going through the Watcher's Diaries, um, and Buffy is frustrated because the accounts of the Watcher or the Slayer's final battles are not helpful. Basically, it's just like, no and then details. the Slayer died. Um, and Giles says. Um, you know, it's likely if they're any if they were anything like me, uh, that they couldn't bring themselves to write about the final battle because it would be too. And Buffy interrupts them, and she's like unseemly. Like I love you, Watchers, but or she said, well, no, she doesn't love the Watchers, but she's like she says, I love you, very sweet. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, but sometimes you Watchers can be real prigs, well, uh, which is accurate. <laughs> and then Giles just says, painful. I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, Giles. Just like right here. Yeah. Right in my little heart. My very tiny heart. Um, my achy, breaky heart. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, and Spike's, or Giles is like, you know, and if they won't write about it and the Slayers are too dead to talk about it, then and there's we really don't have anybody that we know of. But Buffy does know somebody who knows how a Slayer died. In fact, she knows somebody who knows how two Slayers died. Mm -hmm. Smash cut to throwing Spike up against the wall. Yay! You know, it's really funny. A video that keeps getting recommended to me on YouTube is two minutes of Buffy barging into Spike's crypt. Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> Next time you see that, I need you to send that to me. All right, I'll keep I'm, an eye out. That, that is fun. I'll keep an eye out. But yeah, it's like, it's funny because I didn't even think about that until this watch through it. How so much. often. Yeah, and it's just like, and it's usually a smash cut of just like her doing something. Yeah. Um, one thing that I was missing from this episode, uh, and it didn't need to be a big thing, but I would have loved a mention of Kendra, um, considering that Drusilla killed Kendra, mm -hmm. um, but uh, no, it not don't know that it would have added anything other than just some flavor. But you know, 
flavors nuts. So should we um should we stick with Buffy and Spike for the minute, or should we go to the cemetery real quick? Let's go to the cemetery real quick. Um, okay. So I I just want to say, I know that Riley is technically right. The Scoobies are being loud and obnoxious, but they're always loud and obnoxious <laughs> when they when they. This is how they do it. Um, I mean, I guess you gotta give credit to Riley because he could have just told Buffy that he was gonna bring the skin. The Scooby Gang along, I said the Skang. <laughs> he was gonna bring the Scoobies along, but then he could have just gone in himself. That seems like something that maybe Riley a little earlier might have done, but uh, he actually does bring them along. However, they are not subtle in the slightest. Oh my gosh, the chips. Willow's purple hat. The hat. Anya's ensemble. Her whole whole ensemble. situation. I love that scarf. Oh, no, no, it looks great, but it also screams Sunnydale Mall, not Sunnydale Cemetery. (laughs) Honestly, it reminded me of the very beginning of season three when um, Xander, Cordelia, Uh, or Xander, Oz, and uh, Willow are trying... And Cordelia's there too, right? Cordelia's bait. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) When they're trying to fill the Mm -hmm. hole left by Buffy... After she had left after um, Acathala and Ain't and Angelus, and uh, yeah, I get this. I get this vibe, even though they don't end up doing anything besides just making a lot of noise with potato chips. Oh my gosh! Um, my favorite of this whole bit is Riley like gets on them and is like, like leave the potato chips and let's go. So and Willow <laughs> does leave the potato chips, but she makes sure she grabs a huge handful. <laughs> And I love that, like, I think they pretty much just, everything else was not even acting. It was just Allison Hannigan trying to eat these <laughs> potato chips. Because there were times when she, it looked like she thought she dropped one and she looked around yeah. and then just... Oh, no, she definitely dropped one. Okay, yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> and she's, and she's like, like, should I eat it? No, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> she's like, yeah, she's like eating them from the pile. And then, um, I don't remember exactly what the line that she's responding to is, but something... Um, about Xander being cool or whatever, which, you know, debatable and all. But Willow just says, with a mouthful of chips, <laughs> I think you're, you're cool. cool. Which is very cute. It, it is, and it's actually really funny that, um, I think she says a couple of nice things about Xander because Xander's, like, feeling bad that Riley's snapping at them. Yeah. Anya doesn't say anything, but she also doesn't react to Willow saying anything. <laughs> so maybe they didn't want to, like, write that in or something like that, or maybe they're becoming okay with each other <laughs> let's let's track the willow on your relationship i mean we... always um uh so at the bronze uh buffy is um she buys spike some beer she buys some some beer which isn't good american beer <laughs> in fact that reminded me very much of one of my favorite monty python quotes uh, one my, my favorite monty python joke it's like oh we think that uh, your American beer is very much like making love in a canoe. Making love in a canoe? It's fucking close to water. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, but Spike is not satisfied with just beer. Like any red-blooded American man. He's not American. Uh, I mean... I, and technically his blood does not flow. Yeah. But uh, he wants uh, wings. Uh, yes, uh, spicy buffalo wings. Spicy buffalo wings. Which, if I weren't making what I'm making tonight for dinner, um, I would consider getting. Cause, it does uh, look good. Yeah. Um, ooh, 
God, no, I want some wins. Maybe tomorrow night we'll order wings. Anyway, um, so he's like, I'm not talking until I get wings. And she's like, fine, whatever. And she turns to fly down the waitress and uh, she kind of tweaks her her little boo-boo. Stomach. Um, <laughs> her boo-boo, her little, little oopsie. <laughs> Giles, I went patrolling and I got an oopsie. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, have you watched uh, Attack on Titan? I've only seen the first couple episodes. Okay. So we watched like half of the first season. We fell away from it for reasons. Um, and we're going to pick it back up at some point. But there's like... A weird spin-off version that's like um that show is bleak as shit oh it's fucking bleak but the spin-off is like it's like attack on titan like kids or whatever and it's like the same show with the same premise but they're all like middle schoolers and it, like it's like muppet babies but like <laughs> the attack yeah, with on murderous t- monsters right? is so we watched like uh our our old roommate Sean and I watched like half of the first episode and we were like what the fuck is going on here but this is that's like what i pictured it was like buffy the vampire slayer but like kindergarten <laughs> version but it's like the same shit like she's still fighting vampires but uh she's five yes. um it's pretty cute what i'm seeing in my head um I can, anyway. see that, I can see that being animated. Um, yeah, oh yeah, it's animated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the whole cast is voicing their regular characters, so it's still Sarah, uh, still still, still Tony. Um, anyway, weird thing I just did. Um, surprising no one. Um, but Spike clocks this uh, and, you know, forces her to tell, um, tell him what went down um well he immediately kind of figures out that like uh, oh that's why you want to find out how i killed these slayers because you're worried that you're gonna die yeah reasonable um he does call her out later for thinking that like she's so good at what she does that um and hey she's done some pretty awesome stuff yeah but uh at this point, she kind of thinks that she's invincible. Yeah. And uh, there's definitely, like, you definitely get a lot of that from the shock on her face when she first got stabbed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a good character moment for, for Spike, um, that perception. <laughs> this whole thing is a good character it's moment for Spike. True. Uh, so, which leads us to London, 1880. And we meet William. Uh, the bloody. The uh, bloody, awful poet. And, yes. That is why his name is William the Bloody. It's because his poetry is so bloody awful. Mm-hmm. It makes uh, it makes me want to drive a railroad spike through my head. I love it. I I love and Spike, of course, is trying to play this up as he's telling Buffy, like, "What can I tell you? I've always been bad." <laughs> and then we smash cut to nerd Spike. R- yeah, no, like he is, and it's so great because like he's got the hair mm-hmm. and um, and he's got the glasses. And just like the little like almost Giles season one esque suit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like the like the era equivalent. Mm-hmm. He would uh Spike would refer to himself as a ponce, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means, but I know Spike would call him that. Um Yeah, he's writing a poem. He can't For think Cecily. of a, yeah, he, he wants a word that means gleaming, but it's different because 
according to him, nothing rhymes with gleaming. So I guess in the Buffyverse, words like uh, seeming and teeming and dreaming don't exist. Um, he's not a good poet. He's not a good poet. <laughs> uh, and he comes up with effulgent. Effulgent. Why didn't you just use orange, <laughs> dumbass? I, I only know what the word effulgent means because of this episode. Um... But, uh, yeah, he uh, is uh, talking with some of the people at this party. Um, There's been a string of disappearances. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to talk about that. It's too unseemly. Um, and uh, his his poem is snatched away from him by, by some, some asshole. <laughs> um, and he reads it aloud to everyone. And it's, it's really bad. Um, I'm going to see if the... Wiki has it. I mean, if they have any quote, they gotta have that one. No, they don't. Wow. You let me down hard, Buffy Wiki. Yeah, Buffy Wiki, fuck you. Basically, (laughs) it's it's a love poem about how bright Cecily shines. Yes. And Cecily is the girl that he likes, and she doesn't like him no and he comes over thinking like he's gonna win her over with like this impassioned plea of love it's like um it's like oh you, do, you just don't see me and she's like no william i do see you and you're beneath me oh nah, yeah and that is i mean i don't know how annoying he's been about this attraction and maybe she's just like enough is enough, but god damn man, that it, that sucks to it's, see that. It's harsh, yeah. yeah. Um, I I love uh, um, the uh, the implication to go back to the William the Bloody and the railroad spike thing. Um, I love the implication that because that. Um, according to when he back in school hard when Spike was introduced, um, he's called Spike because he killed he liked to drive railroad spikes through people's head, people's heads. I, I'm loving the implication that presumably he got the idea here. Yeah, um, as we see at the end of the episode, this is like one of the most important moments in Spike's life, and it yeah. still carries a lot of weight with mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Um, I like to think that this guy is the first guy he does it to. He, like, goes and finds them, and he's like, oh, is this what you wanted? But yeah, um, but yeah, he's he's basically trying to, like, run through the street, he's crying, and pushes past three people whose backs look remarkably familiar. Um, <laughs> but he's just like, get out of the bloody way! <laughs> and, and, uh, when he sits in a corner to mope, a, um, a young woman shows up who can see things. Yay! Ladies and gentlemen, we have the return of Juliet Landau as Drizilla! Hooray! For the first time this season of Buffy. Of Buffy, We have yeah. seen her already on Angel. But, uh, but yeah, and she, she basically can... She knows a lot about him because of what she can see. We mm-hmm. found out that she's a seer. And uh, she basically says all the things that he needs to hear and you can kind of see why spike has this relationship with drusilla it's not just because um now do we know that she's is this the reveal that she's the one so yes this is a bit of a gentle retcon um 
back in season two, I think it was Schoolheart actually in, in their first episode. Um, uh, Spike refers to Angel as his sire. Okay. Um, but he tells him my sire, my Yoda. So here we find out it was actually Drusilla who did the siring. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you can kind of make the implication that. Uh, Angel did sire Drusilla. He so. sired Drusilla, so it's there's a like a lineage. Um, and the, pay attention to that lineage, by the way, because it becomes yeah. a <laughs> it becomes a little interesting thing that happens later on. Yeah. In the maybe, next episode. Well, I was gonna say maybe not this show, but <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but I, you know, it is a bit of a gentle retcon, and I think you can interpret, you can go back and like interpret that line from Spike is that he sees him angel as like a mentor so you know like a surrogate sire in a way um but i also just think it's more narratively satisfying that drusilla is spikes it i understand the reasoning behind it back in season two the idea that both of these new vampires are threats because directly because of angel he sired both of them Mm -hmm. um but now that Spike is a main character in his own right, it's better for his arc that it's Drusilla. Yep. And uh, and yeah, and she basically says, like, oh, I can show you things that are effulgent. Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, I fucking love that word, bro! Yeah, and then, um, and then she painfully turns him into a vampire. Yeah. It's, it's really cool the way it's, um, this, like, prolonged, like, really painful moment and then it kind of at the very end turns into this like moment of like ecstasy almost mm-hmm. um and it's um it's different than how we've seen like it's different than how we saw it with angel mm-hmm. um and have we ever actually seen angel siring drusilla no we've seen like the scenes where um like, he's just killed her family and everything. Right. And then they, like, fuck on top of her. <laughs> they do fuck on top of her. Yeah, I'm trying to... I don't know that we ever actually see the siring. We see, no. like... Um, which is interesting. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, in the present day, Riley and the rest of the Scoobies find a crypt with a bunch of vampires. Uh, Including the one that stabbed Buffy. Yeah. And... Uh, they're Riley's like, there's too many of them. We'll return in the morning when they're asleep. When they're... We're better armed. Yeah, and kill them. They'll we'll kill them good and dead tomorrow. And uh, they they agree, and they leave. And that's the end of that, right? Riley doesn't do anything foolish, right? Well, I'd say it's more foolish if it had a different result than well, fair. what it did. Uh, I that's, guess that's the thing. I guess I can't thing. argue with the results. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, it, it's like a trick play in football. It's like if you call it and it doesn't work, everybody's like, "That was stupid." But if you call it and it does work, everybody's like, "Oh my god, the coach was a genius." Yeah. Um, I don't see. Well, we'll get to it when we mm-hmm. when we get to it. But um, back at the bronze. Uh, Spike's playing pool. Uh, looks real cool doing. It's hard to not look cool playing pool. Um, oh, I've seen a couple. Fair. Is Do that... you remember when we were at Nowhere Bar, 
and there was that guy who was trying to hit on those girls by like showing how good at pool he was and he sucked didn't he no no he was or... okay at pool but those girls were less. <gasps> oh that's right that's right <laughs> and this guy just was not getting it i remember that oh that was so funny um um so he buffy is just kind of like why the fuck are you telling me this this is not what i actually asked for um but spike explains to her that it is important you know um if he's going to if she's going to understand uh she needs to understand the vampire's perspective on this and he mm-hmm. tells her that that was one of the most important that was the most important night of my life the night i became a vampire um and uh that you know he he felt alone in the world and rejected and becoming a vampire empowered him and he was able to get a crew yeah a crew which not only consisted of drusilla but also darla and angel yay look at that it's a crossover let's go to yorkshire 1880 bojack horseman is this a crossover Uh, that's right. All we needed in this uh, in these flashbacks were uh, generic songs from 1880 playing. <laughs> um, and jealous. Uh, uh, in so this uh, the crew of uh, this this foursome is unofficially called um, the Whirlwind. Um, what? It's, it sounds like an Earth, Wind, and Fire cover band. <laughs> it's um, it's they're never actually referred to as such uh, in the show, but there is a line I, I um in one episode, um, where Darla, in describing the, the havoc they caused throughout Europe, uh, referred to them as a whirlwind, um, of like chaos or whatever. Yeah. Um, and a lot of fans have like launched onto that as like a name for the group as That's the cool. whirlwind, which I think is yeah, pretty tight. I like it. Um, uh, and the one thing I, I wish we got more of in this show was all four of them together. We get a lot of pairs of them or trios of them, but it's very rare that we get something like this where it's yeah. all four well, that makes it special it does make it special um, and uh, and yeah spike's basically been causing trouble yeah uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he he tries hold to... on spike causing trouble uh, no, can't no, no. imagine but uh yeah and also he's started to go by spike now yeah. even while as he tries to tell angelus while angelus is choking him out uh but the um which uh you know darla's into <laughs> Darla and I are on the same page. Uh, but yeah, and so they are... Um, yeah, and Angelus is more of like trying to be stealthy, trying to be smart about it. Now, because they weren't smart, now they're stuck in a mine shaft. Mm. And uh, Spike is more along the lines of like, oh no, like, I mean, I love just letting it unleash. When was the last time that you unleashed? And um, calls Angel a very not great term. Yep. Uh, <laughs> spike? Spike, uh, can't imagine it. But, uh, Casual homophobia and a but, spike? No way! But yeah, and um, and, and Angelus like, uh, snaps a, uh, I think it's probably just a tool in half or something. The handle of something in Some, half. Yeah. Yeah, something wooden. So, and, and like he's about, and he's 
really threatening to just uh, stake spikes. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> that was that was like that was harder than I thought it was. Yeah. Like no, I understand. Just spike, no stake spike right then and there, and Spike of course is getting off on it. Mm-hmm. So is Darla, and you know Drusilla's probably getting off on it too. Should we do a, a reenactment of the dialogue between uh, these three lines between Darla and Drusilla? <laughs> Um, uh, if you want to. Do you, do you, do you want to be Darla or do you want to be Drusilla? Uh, you seem to know Drusilla's lines. Okay. The most, uh, I think our boys are gonna fight. The king of cups expects a picnic, but it is not his birthday. Good point. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know what it is about that particular line of Drusilla's. It, it might just be that it's so fucking out there and Darla's perfect... Good point. Like, fucking weirdo. <laughs> um, good point. Like, um, it's like woman. It's, it's like my favorite Drusilla line. I, and she's got some gold out there. I love the... Um, uh, her... Um, back in season two, I've named the stars. I've given them all the same name and there's terrible confusion. <laughs> That's the ceiling, Drew. Also, uh, it's day. I love when she's talking about the uh, the owner of that dog. <laughs> that might be my favorite Drusilla quote. Her owner died without a fight. <laughs> I named her Sunshine. <laughs> Open up. <laughs> so, um, obviously, gay agenda this week. It's it's not specifically um, Angel and Spike. Fighting, we don't focus enough on that for it to be my gay agenda, but my gay agenda is definitely Darla's horniness. Yes, it's because how I'm vibing she, with Darla. She is she is definitely feeling the attraction mm-hmm. of possible gay interactions mm-hmm. between Spike and and Angelus. And hey, that's 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 just that's queer all around. I am personally my personal canon is the, these four have fucked in every oh, yeah. which variation oh, yeah. I, possible. I, I do not. Every, I do not doubt it. Every I mean, possible combination of these four. And did kind of hint at it in season two. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, let's just make the subtext text. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and, uh... But yeah, and, and, and basically says... Look, you're going to learn a lesson sooner or later, Spike, or William, because he's still calling him William, um, whether it be from the mob or from the Slayer. He's like, ooh. What's a Slayer? Um, So, back in, I almost said back in the real world, uh, back in the present, uh, Spike explains that he became obsessed with killing a Slayer. Um, He, uh, he tells her um, this great moment where he like grabs at her and she grabs the pool cue uh, and he tells her like lesson the first mm-hmm. um, uh, Slayer has to reach for her weapon and then he vamps out he says I've always got mine yeah I love that moment mm-hmm. um, and then we get to uh, we go to the Boxer Rebellion in 1900 yeah and we get a really awesome scene of of spike fighting a chinese slayer um 
and is her name isn't revealed in the episode. No. She the slayers are referred to as Chinese Slayer and Subway Slayer. Yeah. Um do but she has a name. She has a name in some like non-canon stuff. Um which is um Zin Rong. Okay. Um I believe I'm I hope I'm I'm just going to refer to her as the Slayer cuz I yeah. don't want to consistently butcher a, yeah. a Chinese name. Uh but yeah I will say this. Uh, one, it's really cool action sequence. It's great. Because, you know, we're used to seeing how Buffy fights. And, I mean, we're also used to seeing how other Slayers fight, like uh, like Faith and Kendra. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that this Slayer has a fighting style all her own, which very much kind of... Co- like, you kind of think of, like, oh, this, this tracks with, like, what we know about, like, Chinese fighting styles yeah. back then. Um, it's, um, but I appreciate it, that it's not like super caricature. No, of, like, no, like, it, no, no. It definitely feels realistic in the Buffy world. Yeah, um, like it is very much. I can see not exactly one to one, but uh, very much a parallel between her fighting style and Buffy's. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like how she uses the sword as the primary weapon. Yeah. Um, and uh, I gotta say. This is probably the first episode that I ever thought Spike was intimidating. I really? Yeah, no, because, like, um, season two, I feel like he was... I mean, he was an interesting big bad. He never gave me, like, the heebie-jeebies that the Master did. Um, as, like, oh, this is, like, an all-powerful vampire or whatever. And then, of course... He's overshadowed mm-hmm. by Angelus, yeah. who's the true big bad of season two. Mm-hmm. And he spends most of the second half, like, injured. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, one episode of season three, and he's just, he's just sobbing mess. And uh, season four... A spike got his groove uh, back. Yeah. Season four, I mean, yeah, he, he was intimidating when he had the gem of Amara, because he could fight in the daytime, but that lasted for, like, one episode. Mm-hmm. Um maybe how he tortures people in like this the angel half of that episode of mm-hmm. that crossover but no like never just like oh this is like a fearsome vampire until this episode hmm. because how he fights both this this slayer and um the subway slayer are that both brutal. yeah no they're both really good and yeah and like and spike just does come across as like this killing machine mm-hmm yeah i um i also i love the fight is so good um and then you know when he kills her uh, but i also love that there's all this chaos going on they're in a burning building yeah and it just like adds to the intensity of it and it's like they're you know they are not all the four of them are not responsible for all this chaos it is the boxer rebellion Mm -hmm. which is you know famously like a pretty chaotic time um but it, um, it's, there's something really cool about, like, the idea that they're, um, uh, they're thriving in the midst of all of this chaos. Oh, yeah. Um, the whirlwind. Drusilla comes in and she's like, oh, I am so hot right now because you just killed a slayer. And uh, and of course, Spike is like, oh, the blood of a slayer is an aphrodisiac. And uh, whole finger in her yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Surprised they got away with that. Damn, right? Like, 
between the blood like it's one like it's one thing if you know like finger in the mouth during a sexy scene like you know that's not too uncommon to see but the fact that it's covered in blood you know i mentioned there was a lot of blood in the opening i was like surprised that some of this got on onto network television especially in 2000 but yeah and um and so after uh after doing the nasty mm-hmm. uh spike and drusilla walk out and um meanwhile angelus and darla are in a uh, angelus is very like not feeling it right now he wants to get out of there um and uh but drew's like oh spike just killed himself a slayer <laughs> and uh so and then we angel's get, like good for you guess you're one of us uh-huh. now um i wonder what he's mad about i think hmm. we'll find out about it in the near future i don't know maybe Perhaps. maybe uh perchance maybe, maybe next week perchance to drink <laughs> but then we get a um then we get a bit of a uh, slow motion walk of um of angel not being happy darla falling close behind him drew just enjoying the chaos and spike just s- drinking it all in mm-hmm. like yes yeah and my favorite i mean i love a good badass slow motion walk um, and there's a big fire in the background, you know, not quite an explosion, but, um, but there's like, um, some like debris in the middle of the road that Spike just like, um, like launches himself over, mm-hmm. um, in a, in a way that's just like really cool. Um, it's a, uh, um, it, it's a cool shot. It reminds me in a way of, uh, the shot in the first episode, uh, well, technically the second, it's in the Harvest um when darla um and the other of the master's hench hench vamps are going to the bronze and it's um they're doing a slow motion walk and like in the middle of the slow motion walk darla who's in her like schoolgirl uniform just does like a spin um and i, Boy, I love we're, it we're a long ways away from that i know like. it's yeah it's kind of weird to think about in the present, Spike tells Buffy that killing the Slayer was the best night of his life. Um, and Buffy is like... You got off on it. Yeah. Gross. Like, she's like, you nasty. Um, but she's like, you're fucking nasty. Um, uh, are we going back to Riley now? Or um, are we in the alley of the bronze? We have his like one good day speech okay. first. Um so he tell basically he's you know you kill thousands and thousands of vampires um but we still keep coming and there's just one of you yep and all it takes is for one vampire to have one good day and like we so said so far spike has had two yeah uh drusilla's had one uh to our knowledge angel and darla zero um so they need to step it up uh and uh but yeah and this is another thing that adds to like the scariness of Spike, though, is that he um, he does. Be- you mentioned it before, but like he becomes even more obsessed with hunting down a Slayer, yeah. and uh, and yeah, that's just. I mean, he does say that like you know most vampires tremble in fear at the sound, of the very mention of the Slayer, mm-hmm. but he like sees it as like this is my. This yeah. is my afterlife's uh, ambition. Yeah, it's it's the challenge. It's mm-hmm. you know it's the greatest game, um, and uh, or the most dangerous game. Um, 
So, um, and he, this is where he's like, you know, you got so good that you got complacent Mm -hmm. and, you know, a vampire found an opening. Um, and he's not wrong. That's, I mean, that's what's so great about all of this. It's just like, these are, uh, hard truths, but they are truths. Yeah. Buffy does mention, like, cause Riley, when he's patching her up at the beginning of the episode, he's like, oh, how many, like, how many vamps was it? She was like, it's just one. And he's just like, okay, was it a super vamp or something? Like, no, nope. just a regular one. And, and he's like, I mean, does this happen often? And she's like, I'm in the best shape of my life. So yeah. she probably did. And yeah, and like, she did say to Giles at the beginning of the season that she wanted him to stay so that she could become like the best slayer that she could be. Yeah. And uh, now like, now they're, we're seeing like a little bit of not so great things coming out of mm-hmm. that. Uh, but I think this is good. I mean, obviously I didn't want to get her, you know, stabbed in the gut. But I do think she's going to come away from this experience more prepared. Um, and, you know, now she kind of has this in her mind that like... Also, let's not forget... This can happen. Let's not forget how thoroughly her ass got kicked in, in No Place Like Home. That's true. <laughs> that is true. She's um, got a big battle coming. Back... At the cemetery, um, Riley returns to the vampire's nest and uh, blows by the himself. fuck up by himself. By himself, he he's able to um, do like one of those cool little like uh, make the vampire drop the stake, and he catches it, and he stakes it. I, and like there's special attention paid to this. He does personally stake the mm-hmm. one who stabbed Buffy, and then. Um, he, then he pulls a pulls a grenade out and just like you said blows that crypt the fuck up. Disrespectful to the to the ones buried there, but okay. In all fairness, I'm pretty sure those vampires weren't doing anything respectful in there either. <laughs> <That's> fair. <sighs> it is weird, and I. Why doesn't he bring the others with him? Why doesn't he say, "Hey, I've got a plan"? Like we need to go get a couple supplies, but I mean. Is it just like I have to prove to myself that I can do this? I honestly think he may have just been annoyed by them. Uh, that's fair. Like, in, in all fairness, like in all fairness to Riley, um, I probably would have gone myself too rather than ask them for help again. Do you think Willow went back for the for the potato chips? I hope so. I hope they didn't get wasted. I hope they didn't litter. <laughs> um. I don't know if this is my favorite scene in the episode, but it's really fucking cool. And it's, it's battling for the top place is, um, this, uh, the scene between Spike and the, um, the subway slayer. Yeah. And the thing is about this is that it has to be different from the, from the first, Mm -hmm. from the first fight, because the first fight, the first fight is just, uh, you know, we, we picture Spike telling Buffy this, but Buffy's like, show me how you killed the second Slayer. And so they are actually doing the moves and it's kind of cut in between Buffy and Spike fighting. Mm-hmm. And um, and I say fighting, Spike can't actually try to hurt Buffy because of the chip, but so like he... I think another gentle retcon of how the chip works, yeah. but... Honestly, I'm fine with it because the sequence is fucking awesome. Yeah, and uh, but also, inner alternating with shots of 
him and oh boy about as 80s as you can get it <laughs> yes uh which is sad because it's like in the 70s it's 77 yeah yeah so uh, like, new york yeah like if if you ever thought he was pulling off the billy idol look it is right now oh yeah right he the is hell at now. his most idol <laughs> um it's and this is just a fight yeah like it there's no i mean technically it was just a fight with the other slayers well but like this but scene, it's like a like a brawl that she yeah. doesn't have a weapon mm-hmm. um well until she uh fashions herself out of one of the subway like no bowl. spike does that oh that's right yeah You're right so spike grabs the pipe uh the um like the pole that you typically hold on to when you're on the subway uh but yeah it's empty subway car and uh subway uh carriage whatever and, and it's a uh, car car yeah and uh yeah and it's an it's an awesome fight mm-hmm. uh this slayer looks awesome yes. like she's got the long black coat she's got the afro she's got the um the leggings that have the holes running up them mm-hmm. just looks badass she is badass yeah i i mean the fight choreography is awesome but it's also just so and the editing back and forth between is really cool but it's also just so it, like it's in a subway a moving subway car which is not like you know it's not like we've never seen that in film or television before but it's so it's so, so foreign different. to buffy yeah um i fucking love it i do too um and yeah and during this time uh that's when and it's really cool because like when he does kill the slayer the subway slayer and he's looking at and like um in in the present He's kneeled down in front of Buffy, but it shows his past self talking to Buffy and saying, reinforcing what he's been saying all along. It's like you, um, like Slayers, like their, their whole thing is death and you probably even have a death wish. That's why you go into this. It's not, it's not really part of the calling. It's like you, yeah, you've got to. You're all obsessed with death. Mm-hmm. And he tells her, he's like, you've got things in this world. Your friends and your That's family. That's the only reason that you've lasted longer than most other slayers. Right. And he's like, but eventually, you know, mm-hmm. that's not going to be enough. And he takes the coat. The coat. And it's he. And it's funny because he like gets like something of his that we like know of in the present from each of the slayers he gets we didn't mention it but he gets the his scar. scar which is really just james marster's scar mm-hmm. that he has there in real life from uh from the the slayer in china. uh in china and then yeah he gets the fucking coat that we've seen him in from uh from this slayer and it's um god i hope taking that coat doesn't bite him in the ass <laughs> uh i'll never tell I, for now i just <laughs> i just it's so, um, I mean, like, it's fun. Like, it's like, oh, cool. That's how he got this iconic coat he wears. But there's also, like, something very interesting about, like, how it's, like, it's a trophy that he mm-hmm. took. Like, that he took. Um, yeah. Um, and then he makes it weird. He makes it weird with Yeah, because, <laughs> because, like, at, all throughout this point, he's been, like, um, taking like the swings at her but missing and i mean and like uh buffy like gave him crap for getting off on killing the slayer but i mean he also says like oh and you don't um and uh so a little bit of faith there <laughs> but, uh, 
but yeah, but then like he does try to kiss her, and because um, like basically all this sexual tension that has been building up, mostly on Spike's side, <laughs> um, has like it. The gates open, and uh, and uh, that's when like Buffy like knocks him to the ground, and she's like, because Spike is like, don't you want to dance? And she's like, even if I did, it would be with you, Spike. It would never be with you. You're beneath me. Oh. Throws the money that she promised him for the info and then walks away. And then you would think that, like, he'd immediately go into being pissed. But he doesn't. Yeah. He starts crying. Because that's literally what Cecily told him before. That was the last thing that somebody told him before he died yeah um like obviously not counting drusilla i never thought of it like that jesus christ yeah yeah. um, but yeah and like and he cries because that is still like Mm -hmm. he talks about the greatest day of his life but at the same time he has like this horrible day that still holds a still holds a pall over him and uh but then he gets angry yeah and he goes to his crypt and we get we get a uh, harmony harmony yeah and she's like a uh, spike baby what are you doing <laughs> and he grabs double barrel shotgun uh we get one more flashback um not right away uh, but yeah and well harmony is like uh you know the minute that you point that gun at her you're gonna go ow ow and then she's gonna kick your ass no. all the way down the street <laughs> she says she, she's gonna bitch slap you up and That's down the street because it it's <laughs> And then she's like, and that's if she doesn't just spike you or stake you, stake you, you hard immediately. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, and, and yeah, and like, and Spike says like, oh, it's gonna hurt for a couple of hours, but she'll be dead for a lot longer. And, and this is what transitions us into the flashback, right? Because um, then we get one more little bit of harmony afterwards. It's um, South America. Yes, nineteen ninety-eight. This is after. Um, after becoming is it after a season three episode no it's, it's be- before it's, be- it's between yeah. yeah because because in the season three episode he tells willow about drusilla treated on him with a chaos demon which are all slime and antlers <laughs> and hey we get to see the chaos demon. Uh, slime and antlers yeah i'm naming him phil he seems like his name is phil phil the phil the chaos yeah. demon but yeah and he um He's basically just trying to get Drusilla back, but uh, Drusilla is, or he's he's like trying to hold on to Drusilla, yeah. but Drusilla's like, oh, you're just you're fucking obsessed. Yeah, with you're her. obsessed. I, I look at you, and all I see is the Slayer. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's when we get this like very very funny cut to Phil, uh, the Chaos Demon, who's just standing there like, maybe I should go. I should go. I didn't know she was seeing someone, bro. Like bro code. And, um, but yeah, this is, we see, um, I, I, I I love this flashback, um, because, yes, it's not necessarily, I mean, it is related because, um, because Drusilla's dressing him down for not killing Buffy. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is related to Slayers and killing Slayers, but, um. You know, this is the one flashback that is not being told to Buffy, but I still think it's like it's and really then, like, important. And to then see. it's echoed by um by Harmony, like as Spike is 
just like heading starting to head towards Buffy. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, Spike, you had a lot of opportunities to kill her before before you had that ship, so why didn't you? And then that leads into the why didn't you kill the Slayer? Yeah. It's uh I don't know if people have gathered this, but this is a good episode. Yeah. Like... It is. Um we go to the Summer's house. Oh god. And uh destroy me. And uh not not that yeah. not in a sexy way. Yeah, um and Buffy Buffy goes into uh Joyce's room and she's like she's trying to pack some stuff. She's like, Where are you going? And Joyce says, like, Oh, I'm uh you know that you know that small thing they've been dealing with? It may not be a small thing. Yeah. Gonna spend the night in the hospital, gonna get a CAT scan. And um mm-hmm. and so Buffy leaves the house, sits on the back porch and just starts crying because you know yeah as as we've like mentioned before this is something that buffy can't fight this is something that's completely out of her control whatever it ends up being and i mean yeah like you have to think yes she has the newfound appreciation of the knowledge that dawn is her sister but also the key but like i mean joyce is still joyce joyce has been there like all this time and i mean just just the very thought of losing your parents it's I mean, it's something I tr- I don't want to think about. Yeah. Um, even though, unfortunately, it does the thought does come up every now and again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so she's she's crying on the steps, and Spike, he's got a shotgun, he's ready, and he sees her. She looks up and says, "Like, what, what do, you do you want?" want? And it's the and shotgun is clearly visible. Exactly. She yeah. doesn't even react to it. She doesn't. And um, and Spike. And James Marsters, um, you did like you, you just get all the props in the world mm-hmm. because his face goes from angry to concerned, and he says, and it's like it's a true like, because it, it's not Spike being smarmy, mm-hmm. it's not Spike being um, pissed, it's Spike genuinely being concerned, yeah. which you don't see that often, and he says like, what's wrong? And um, she says, like, I don't want to talk about it. And she says, anything I can do. And then he sits down next to her, puts the shotgun down. <laughs> and then the episode just kind of ends with this nice little pan mm-hmm. of them not looking at each other. Um, Spike does put his hand on her shoulder. Yeah, he gives her, like, a pat. Yeah. And then it's, like, it's, it's appropriate. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> it's appropriately sweet, but also, like, he, like, he kind of you see him going like okay this is actually weird like, yeah and then really they're good. just kind of like staring out mm-hmm. into space yeah and they let us sit with it for like a while yeah I, like, I do like that because i i kept i kept thinking it was gonna cut to the whole like um to the whole like ending ending screen but it stays for a while yeah and it's it's effective yep and that's fool for Louvre. <laughs> I, 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 that's um we we watched this on uh we watched we watched this on Harrison's DVDs and on the DVD menu they tried to stylize the L with an extra loop at the end yeah it made it look like there was an extra O so I looked at it like full for loop <laughs> it was it was I had never noticed it but when you pointed it out I was like oh my god it's all I can see now <laughs> full for lube oh my gosh Jason what an episode what an episode what a what a you know, I feel like this is one of those ones that, like, if you're, like, you know, like, tell me, top five episodes, like, just tell me, like, give me 
a bunch of great Buffy episodes. Like, like this one probably wouldn't come to people's minds right away. But if you were like, Fool for Love, well, they're like, I mean, it's a fucking great episode. Well, I mean, season five, with the exception of one episode, as we've mentioned before, is oft forgot. Yeah. Um, I think because... Uh, I don't know, like, edit this out if it's a spoiler. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> should we, like, can we talk about how this was intended to be the last season of Buffy, or should we keep that on the DL? Um, I think we can talk about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think, um, I think the thing about season five in general is that... It was originally intended to be the last season of Buffy, but we all know that there's two more seasons after this. Yeah. So maybe um, maybe the impact of it is kind of lost when you think about the impact of the other two seasons. And right. crazy stuff happens in those two seasons, obviously, yeah. but and this is like this is like the middle child that is so good. But everybody keeps forgetting about it because it's like, oh, you got two and three here. And then you got, like, season six and seven. Yeah. Um, not saying that season six and seven are absolutely fantastic. But, I mean, they do have, like, an extra kind of heft to them because mm-hmm. they're the last seasons. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and of course, I think I have wouldn't be shocked if we looked at the ratings and saw a big drop-off um, between seasons four and five, considering how... Not great for us. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they bet they lost a lot of viewers. Frankly, um, but but damn, uh, it's just yeah, an all timer, all fucking. Timer. I really liked it. Um, I'm like oscillating between like a four and a half and a five. Um, like in truth, it's like a it's like a four point seven five. Um, but you know what? It's just so good that I'm. I'm I'm willing to round up and say, this is five exploding crips out of five. I'm gonna give it a four, um, four bottles of uh, conditioner nice. that I can't seem to find out of five. Have you looked under uh, the sink? Uh, you know what? I probably should. Uh, it's a lot of conditioner. Um, for an overnight stay. But, <laughs> I, I, uh, I just think but um, I I think um. I think that uh, all the flashback stuff is great. All the stuff between Buffy and Spike is great. It gets a little bit of a, like, markdown because of um, the Riley stuff. The Riley stuff. It's, it's just so forgettable, and it also feels like, oh, God, can we just finish this up? Fortunately, those scenes are fairly short. Yeah. And, and like, can we just finish this up and go to, go back to this? And, um, and yeah, it's... So, you know, I'm going to give it 4.5. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, like, thinking, yeah, you know, 4 is a little too harsh, but it's not, it's not like, absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, fantastic. Um, had a real string of good ones on Buffy lately. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, yeah. I think, and I think that streak's going to continue. Uh, what's, what's the next episode? Uh, the next Buffy episode is Shadow. Okay. Um, and, you know, and I'll just give a little teaser. It is gonna. It's a lot of Joyce. Okay. Um, gotcha. So you know, hey, <laughs> yeah, you can never have too much Joyce. Nope. Um. Uh, yeah. Any any other 
Final thoughts on this one? Like I said, I think um, I think a lot of people. Uh, I mean, you ask a you ask a Buffy fan, and there's a good probability that if you ask them who their favorite character is, I feel like maybe your highest probabilities are going to be either Willow or Spike. Yeah. Um, people love Spike so much. It even, that he's a regular now. Yeah, no. <laughs> it actually kind of... Um, I've made, I've actually, uh, over the past couple of weeks, I've come up with a couple of uh, my own TV terms, mm. uh, TV tropes, if you will. I will. And uh, one of them is uh, called Spike Syndrome. Okay. Um, Spike Syndrome is where you have a character that is initially introduced as um, either an antagonist or a very antagonistic presence. But then by the end of the series or the end of their appearances, um, they are almost completely different characters from when they were first seen. And it's very much like a um, aggressive redemption arc, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got... Uh, but it's, again, it is to the point where they're completely unrecognizable from the character that they were. Um, so Spike's obviously the big one. But you've also got a Sawyer, Sawyer from Lost. Sawyer from Lost. Um, now, one who is not particularly accurate to say in this role is um, Jess from Gilmore Girls. Because mm-hmm. while Jess does start off as like kind of the bad kid, everything that you see in Jess in his season six appearances and his appearances in A Day in the Life is stuff that you could conceivably see. Yeah. Like him, oh yeah, that's still Jess. Like Jess, while he did mature, he didn't really change his character. So it's almost like a complete character flip almost. And probably not an intended one. And uh, sometimes it is. And I'm not saying that this is um, that this is a bad thing. Right. It's just that it typically kind of inflates how much people like that character. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, for some reason, people love like when a bad people love trying to get a bad boy to be good. Um, Damon Salvatore is another one from Vampire Diaries. Well, it's um, it's the thing. I mean, that's the thing is that it is an arc. Mm-hmm. It is, um, and it's funny that you mentioned Sawyer because I'm at the part of where I am in my Lost rewatch. I'm at the part where I, I don't call him Sawyer anymore. I call him James. Yeah. Um, uh, but that I think it's it, um, there was a podcast I was listening to that actually was discussing this exact kind of phenomenon that you're talking about and they actually mentioned Spike and uh, Sawyer and um, Jamie Lannister as another kind of example yeah. although Jamie of course regresses pretty badly there at the end but um, he, I'd still say he suffers from Spike syndrome um, but that's I think that you're right it's why those characters are so that archetype is so popular. I don't think it's necessarily, it's like, oh, fix the bad boy. I'm sure there's some of that. Um, But I do think it's because it is an arc. You know, when you start with a character like Buffy, who's like, I mean, we love Buffy. We, I mean, I'm not, this is not a knock against her as a character, but you know, the arc that she has is not as flashy um, or noticeable, whereas a character like Spike, a character like Willow, they are, you know, so, so different from their first yeah. appearances to their last appearances, um, that it's, it, it's, it's just a little more 
dynamic from a yeah. viewer's perspective. Um, but but do you like the term? I do, I do. So the do you want to hear the other one that I came up with? Yes. CCC, cute character chlamydia. Cute character chlamydia. Okay, explain yourself. It is it is when, <laughs> it is when a show or movie introduces a character that um, may not necessarily be the main character, but it is like a character of importance. But because that character is small and cute, it literally becomes the focus of every single person where they don't discuss anything else about the movie. You have Grogu in The Mandalorian. You have Goose the Cat in Captain Marvel. You've got Baby Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's like... And then, of course, the advertisers and stuff realize oh my gosh this is like what we need to do this is how we need to target our marketing i see and again it doesn't it's not necessarily a bad thing it just kind of makes things a little annoying when you know i'd love to talk about the um intricacies of um assumptions about people especially refugees in captain marvel but when captain marvel came out all people could talk about was like oh my god i love goose the cat uh, the flurgan and um and the same thing with like i mean yeah there's like merchandise and stuff for the mandalorian for all the other mandalorian characters but it is literally like all dwarfed by by grogu at least grogu is like essential to the story being told he, he that, is, that is. does help and, and yeah I'm gonna and, go play with my porg after we finish this <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um so those are my those are my two nice those are my two TV movie tropes. Uh, you guys feel free to use them. That is uh, Spike Syndrome and Cute Character Chlamydia. Actually, don't feel free to use them. You owe us a nickel every time you use them. <laughs> Come on, Jason. Get that. Get that green. We don't, we don't make money on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I guess I should take us yeah, out. Yeah, take us out. Um, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back in two weeks. No, I How just about keep, one week? I just keep forgetting to fix it. We'll be back in one we'll week. Fix it right now. We'll be back in one week with Angel Season 2, Episode 7, Darla. <gasps> wonder I wonder what, what that's happen. about. <laughs> um, and after all, we did say it's a crossover. Maybe uh, maybe we might uh, get a little more crossing over. I'm so fucking stoked. I, I might... I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll save this judgment... But until we get there, and I'll, but I might actually prefer Darla, the Darla half of this crossover. To we'll, the, we'll see. We'll when see. We get there. But I also do know that even if every time I've ever done a rewatch of Buffy, even if I am not doing a simultaneous Angel rewatch, I will watch Darla after watching this one because they just speak to each other so well. I, I'm excited because I haven't seen that one in a while. Yeah. I am Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Jason likes to do a little finger wag when I do it. C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at YamiJ357 and you can find me on Twitter at just plain old YamiJ. I am, uh, I decided to move my haven't seen it hashtag, which I use to keep track of movies that I'm seeing for the first time throughout the year. Um, I've moved that to Twitter and, uh, got to see, I got to use it on Sunday, um, day before we're recording this 
to see the tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, uh, the new Joel Cohen movie starring uh, Denzel Washington. And I don't do any reviews. It's literally just me talking <laughs> about seeing it. So I hope you guys don't like go to like look for a movie blog or something. But uh, no. I recommend it. You can stream it on Apple TV+. It's uh, Francis McDormand, right? As Lady Macbeth. Macbeth. Yes. Um, I am obsessed with that casting. Um, Well, I mean, it's Joel Cohen, so... Well, yes. Um, But no, Francis McDormand is insanely talented. And you know what? Um, To get a little Shakespeare nerdy here, (laughs) um, for the longest time, Hamlet was probably my favorite uh, Shakespeare play. Uh, you know real original right mm-hmm. but i have seen a couple of, a couple of really great performances of macbeth and also one of my favorite movies ever is akira kurosawa adapting macbeth um in throne of blood see that movie it is fantastic and actually this movie gave me some throne of blood vibes mm. it's all in black and white and it's got a lot of creepiness to it too nice. but no like it is Macbeth has actually, I think, become my favorite Shakespeare play. I love Macbeth. And, um, and I think that the most intriguing character is not Macbeth, but Lady Macbeth. Oh, yeah. Um, which, I mean, you, a lot of times in Shakespeare plays, the, uh, the male lead is the one that gets all the nuance and stuff, but Lady Macbeth. Fantastic. Um, there's an adaptation from a few years ago starring Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard. Yeah. It's really good. I believe I have that on one of my streaming watch, watch yeah. lists. So. It's great. And and yeah, like it's, it is like, yes, Michael Fassbender is really, really good. But holy shit. It's like every time she wasn't on screen, I was like, where's Lady Macbeth? Um, and uh, yeah. Also, it's under two hours. Um, oh, good. The tragedy of Macbeth is un- is about I think it's an hour and forty five minutes. Nice. Um, so they're able to condense it, but they still have like all the famous lines. Yeah. Uh, the Macbeth with Fassbender and Cotillard is not under two hours. <laughs> um, but but yeah. Anyway, um, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all of those instances. A and D. If you don't know and, how to spell the word and. And you know, I uh, said it said it before, I'll say it again. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Like Spotify, which is where I listen to it whenever I'm feeling a little uh, self-indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> Each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit in honor of uh, William. William the Bloody. <laughs> uh, we are highlighting the Academy of American Poets. Founded in 1934 in New York City, the Academy of American Poets is the nation's leading champion of American poets and poetry, with members in all 50 states. Its mission is to support American poets at all stages of their careers and to foster the appreciation of contemporary poetry. Visit www.poets.org for more information. And as always, go slay and be gay!